Hey, Hound Dogs. I'm David Hankins. And I'm Paul Hankins. And you're on the air with Power Squared. Uh, we were going to have a guest on uh, this show, uh, Lucas Scheffel from Australia. Uh, but he had some work and, I'll say, personal issues, and he had to cancel on us. So we switched to a new topic. Yes. Uh, the Last Kids on Earth television show, which we recently just finished watching on DVD. Yes, because we do not have a Netflix account. I know, it makes us seem odd and scary, but... It makes us cavemen. But, <laughs> but we have the love of physical media because it's it's probably not available on Netflix is it maybe not uh, I mean I don't, would know but I mean I do not know if a show disappears off there then you can't see it if you have it on disc you can watch it anytime yes so it's how we watched it uh, and uh, Paul you were the one that sort of got us interested in watching the show yeah because uh, I've been I was I've been reading a lot more uh, middle grade stuff uh, for personal stuff mm-hmm. and uh one series was last kids on earth because i was a vaguely aware i got a netflix series so i figured i might as well see what the fuss was about and i like at reading the first book i got hooked uh so i uh just kept going and then i wanted to see how the adaptation handled it Okay, so the if you have never heard of the Last Kids on Earth, it's basically about four uh, kids who are about 13 years old, middle school, who have survived a z- zombie. I don't know what you call it, atta- not a zombie attack, but everyone turned into zombies. Uh, zombie apocalypse just happens. And then there's also creatures from other dimensions that have shown up as well. Uh, yeah, monsters. Okay, so. Um, but it's, it's about uh, uh, Jack Sullivan, who's an orphan boy, uh, Dirk Savage, who is sort of a bully at middle school, yeah, and kind of a tough, strong guy, uh, Quentin Baker, who's Jack's best friend and uh, an inventor of uh, gadgets, and he comes in very handy throughout the show, and then there's June Del Toro, who Jack has a crush on, and they kind of rescue her from the middle school where she's been because she didn't want to leave because she wanted her parents to find her. Yeah. Even though she was the last kid in the school. Uh, Do we know how they survived the apocalypse? They just do. Okay. (laughs) And do we know why the monsters uh, come from other dimensions? Uh, Yes. Okay. Uh, Well... Hundred uh, percent. It's just like a rift opened between uh, the two dimensions, and the monsters came through. Okay. Forget exactly why. And then they're terrorizing uh, everyone who's left. I guess. Well, right. there are good monsters, and there are bad monsters. Bad monsters. As there are with all people. <laughs> um, and the monsters are various uh, shapes and sizes, and yeah, as you say, some are nice and some are mean, and some are kind of nice and kind of treat you yeah at the same time uh the show has some I, one of the one of the main monsters is or yeah is uh barty bartle bartle yeah i'm sorry i wrote there can't read my own typing bartle uh, um who is uh, voiced by mark hamill yes so there's there's some big names uh involved in this yeah mark hamill maybe being the, i'll say one of the bigger names involved yeah 
Uh, there's also, I won't even pronounce how you pronounce Skelka. Skelka, uh, who's voiced by Catherine O'Hara, uh, who, uh, you know, from all the Home Alone movies, but before that she was part of uh, Second City Television. Uh, Thrall. Yes. Who is voiced by Keith David. Yes. And he's sort of a mean, he's kind of a, he's a villain, but he kind of comes off as being a nice guy at the beginning, and you see yeah. a kind of turn on you. So, uh, spoilers, I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chef is a cranky kind of squid monster who kind of befriends Dirk. Yeah. He's voiced by Bruce Campbell. Yes. And then there's Rezok. Yes. Uh, who's sort of the main antagonist, and she and it's voiced by Rosario Dawson. Yes. So some pretty big names involved. I, I wonder how they got, how they and Mark Hamill does a lot of voice acting. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, he was they're all really good at what they do. Yes. So let's you want to talk about what kind of happens in the series or uh, how it go. relates to the books. Because I know uh, since you read the books, we kept asking, so this happened in yeah. the book? This happened? All right. Uh, I guess I don't want to go too far without mentioning the book series was written by uh, Max Brellier, mm-hmm. and uh, it was originally illustrated by Douglas Holgate. Uh, so the, the show kind of uses a more animation-friendly version of Douglas Holgate's art style. Uh, as for book accuracy... <laughs> Uh, book one, which is a movie, basically, uh, is pretty much one to one with the book. Okay. Uh, there be some, there are some minor differences here and there, but it's pretty much a more or less direct translation. And I thought they did a good job at uh, you know, being true to the spirit of it with whatever changes they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, also using it as an opportunity to approach something from a different, slightly different angle. Uh, uh, book two is when book two and three, I guess I should say, uh, are more are ten episode seasons. Uh, based on uh, book two is based on the second book, which was uh, Plaskas on Earth and the Zombie Parade, and book three is based on And the Nightmare King. Okay. Uh, for they, it's right, words. Uh, they generally hit, they hit the same, like, major story beats, and many of the same events happen, but uh, to make it work as a series, uh, they uh, add things like mm-hmm. including new characters like a uh, chef is from what I remember whole cloth invented for oh. the show okay uh, or they also uh, expand on or rearrange some events um, okay one thing say so basically I think the first story is just in sort of getting the team together right yes basically uh, and also showing the how uh, Jack was uh, treating the, apo- the apocalypse like a video game to sort of cope with everything. Yeah, and he's he of, of all f- the four of them really w- wants this little family unit to continue. Yeah, because he's he grew up in the foster system, so he uh, doesn't really have much of a family because right. they. 
when the apocalypse hit, they kind of just his current foster family, I guess, just left him without a second thought. Okay. No. Which is, uh, you know, yeah. Bad. So he sees his friends post-apocalypse as uh, family. And uh, as opposed to like June seems to have a really, was very close to her parents, you get the impression, yeah. and really misses them and, and wants to find them again. She thinks they, they escaped on a bus or something. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, she saw them. Uh, she did see them uh, leave on the bus. Right. It was kind of like they just missed each other and they wouldn't she wouldn't have been able to get on with them because there were monsters and zombies everywhere <laughs> okay yeah so just missed out so she knows her parents are still out there yeah and then um we don't really learn much about dirk's family uh in the books his uh his family is kind of mysterious as he doesn't really he hardly brings them up and in a later book uh, we learn more about what his like what his dad was actually like and stuff I assume not great uh, not that necessarily okay <laughs> I, I'm just guessing because I have not read the books well uh, he I want to say he his home life isn't necessarily like that wasn't that great but it's not like he had a terrible relationship <laughs> uh and then there's uh quentin quint or quint baker yeah um who um is a kind of a little boy genius in a way yeah and uh i guess kids like that have sometimes have a hard time making friends and and jack had a hard time making friends so they they sort of found each other yeah and uh formed a pretty you know close bond yeah and uh yeah i i think jack would be lost without him in some ways yeah <laughs> yeah and um i assume quentin seemed to have a from what i gathered he was also kind of missing his family but he was he was kind of li living in the moment you know what yeah. i have to do and he would take on all these responsibilities and stuff like that yeah uh he and June were a lot closer to their parents than uh, Jack and Dirk mm -hmm. were, so they uh, uh, were more concerned about finding their parents. Right. Or knowing that their parents were alive. Right. Because uh, remember Quint's parents were on a cruise at the time. Okay. Right. So he's hoping that they were that they're still alive somewhere right yeah okay there's yeah, i forgot about that a little bit of mystery and what happened to them yeah um so yeah they, they just survived um they then take on sort of uh and then they befriend a dog yeah I'm a, a dog like mo monster, monster. sorry yeah. and rover rover <laughs> or jack names him rover right and uh he sort of uh yeah becomes kind of he's like a big dog yeah that they can actually ride, I think, too. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it's... Um, one of the things I, I really liked about the show was every episode ended with sort of a cliffhanger. Yeah. And that was and it kind of like, you draw you in, and then, oh, I gotta wait. So I think that was very well done by, by the show. Yeah. Uh, the, the comment, the, the book, uh, could 
uh, do that at times. But part of it was also uh, what I part of one part of what uh, kept me going with the books was it had this uh, very unique combination of uh, prose and illustration. Like the illustration made it also like part comic book, which was appropriate because Jack and Quint are like huge nerds. Right. Uh, and like so sometimes uh, the like the dialogue would continue in like a illustration or in later in later books uh, some of them some of the uh, events were depicted closer to like a comic page uh, and you'd also have these like massive you could potentially have these massive illustrations that take over like most of like most of a page or it's like a two page mm -hmm. uh, image and the text is the prose is still continuing within there mm -hmm. sounds, uh, sounds like a very interesting layout yeah so sometimes uh, you'd have like a chapter and next to this like big illustration so that hmm. keeps your attention okay um so the show ends sort of on a cliffhanger yes <laughs> because they introduce another character at the very end yeah and it, it got canceled yes <laughs> because netflix uh just cancels shows even if they are popular for like, some reason yeah it's cr crazy but it, you, unless it's stranger things or bojack horseman <laughs> and you kind of wonder though if the even then bojack ended <laughs> yeah it did um but you have to kind of wonder like the creator obviously thought they were going to get a fourth season yes and sort of because you you would kind of like um and i i guess there was a uh, special later with the characters which i guess is supposed to kind of show that everything's kind of hunky-dory uh yeah it was a uh, netflix has done interactive specials mm -hmm. uh like uh a well-known one maybe would be uh for black mirror they had bandersnatch which uh was it's like you watch it and then they're branching paths depending on what choices you make i see so the special for lost guys on earth was one of those interactive specials oh really so what we're yeah. seeing is what we, and what's it's collected on here but it's a on the book one dvd but it's a, a non-interactive version i i'm old enough to remember going to the uh, hemisphere 68 <clears throat> i was a small child and they had a movie where it was sort of that the audience would vote it would come to a sort of a stopping point and they'd say a or B, and the audience would choose, and then the movie would pick up and go to the next fork in the road, and you'd have to pick. And I think we sat through it enough times to realize that they all end up back at the same spot. <laughs> but the idea was that you were kind of deciding how the movie would go. Yeah. So this was a long time ago, obviously. <clears throat> but and then, uh, well, like with the well, with the interactive specials, there were actual bad endings. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's and one good ending. <laughs> so what we got was, I assume, the good ending. Yeah. What the non-interactive version is just like the, if you will, like the golden path. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but the so the the idea has been around for a while to do that, but yeah. it's probably easier now that you don't have to have a theater with buttons. <laughs> yeah, I remember while watching the special, I could kind of tell when it might have been a 
interactive choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I was very impressed by the, the the storytelling. I thought it was very well done. Yeah. I think the acting was, and the, we didn't say who voiced the, I'll say the kids. Um, Jack was voiced by Nick Wolfhund. Wolfhard. Wolfhard, sorry. Again, I can't remember typing. Uh, Dirk was voiced by Charles Demons. Uh, June Del Toro was voiced by Montserrat Hernandez. It looks like uh, Demers. Demers. Okay, again, <laughs> typing. Hardest thing to read. And then uh, Quentin Baker was voiced by Garland Witt. I think I got that. So um, I think they did a really good job. I have not heard of them before doing anything. Have you? I don't really know. Well, because you, you're more on, you know, a lot of voice actors, and I don't know if they've done other work or not. Yeah, I don't keep up with the entire industry. Okay, I know, <laughs> but I just, you, you when yeah. we watch something, you remember somebody from some other uh, well, it's show. usually, I've, uh, it's usually, we've seen a lot of, like, animes we recognize. Okay, voiceovers there. Yeah, I recognize a lot of those voice uh, actors. So, do you have a um, character that you would identify with? I'm. I didn't really thought about that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess I see some aspects of. I might see a little bit of myself in like Jack or Quint. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it seemed like Jack was always trying to prove himself. Yeah. And would kind of go out of his way to to do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and they had very uh, primitive weapons that they were able to defeat these <laughs> monsters with, which yep. is, again, the universe that they're in. Uh, and they were able to uh, start a car. I mean, they drove a, like an uh, RV, not an RV, but a SUV kind of thing around. Yeah, Big Mama. Yeah. It's like a big truck. <laughs> right. Closer uh, to a monster truck, maybe. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly that, but... <laughs> right. And they lived in a treehouse that, uh, I guess... Was that in Jack's backyard, or... Uh, how did he come to have that? Doing that's just... In, that's just there. Just, just there. Okay. That's his... It was in his backyard, yeah. Okay. And it seems like uh, it's very large because <laughs> four yes. people can live in there and there's room to walk around and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so quite the tree house. Um, and the books established he figured out how to make his own Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 yeah, the thing is eventually you would yeah, I mean in, in reality you'd be like a lot of things like fresh food would disappear. They like do actually acknowledge that in the book. Okay. And in the book, uh, it's established more that uh, Dirk was more concerned about his health, so he was starting a so he started a garden. Ah, yeah, they they shut don't, don't they do that in the in they the show? show that in the show, but they don't really ever get back to it. No, yeah, it kind of just comes up once or twice. Yeah, yeah. So they are trying to grow fresh food, and they they figure out how to run a generator. Yes. Um. And then there's the whole deal, which I think almost goes for a whole season, the radio. Yeah, in the third book, uh, they learn that there's a radio broadcast uh, from other survivors. Uh, so they're trying to uh, boost the signal. Right. And uh, also repair 
the radio after it gets busted in an attack. Um, yeah, and these, in at least in the series, these people are living in the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that's also in the book. Okay, um, which you know Ellis Island, at least they're kind of secluded. I guess is part of why they would they would pick there. Yeah. Um. So um. We don't know what goes on after book three if you're watching the show no but they do introduce a character at the last yeah in the last uh like minute yeah and then oh that'd be interesting uh, nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, wait don't see it. <laughs> uh, uh but i have been reading i have read the book series uh-huh. uh so I'm not going to go like into no, no, no. too much of what's beyond the show, but from what I read, uh, basically we were robbed. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like it. Yeah, it's too bad somebody else doesn't pick it up and finish it. But I don't know. From my understanding, uh, the author uh, decided to, after the Netflix cancellation, he was looking into uh, trying again, but with live action. Considering uh, what happens later in the series, uh, really should just stay animated. Animation is the perfect medium for that. Yeah, I, I would imagine with monsters and that kind of stuff, it would yeah. be. Yeah, and especially what happens in book eight. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> don't don't tantalize us and then pull it back at the last minute. All right, so is there anything else you want to say about the series? Uh,. Yeah, uh, with the with uh, the books, it's primarily from Jack's perspective, uh, except for uh, June's June's Wild Flight, where it's focused a solo book focused on June, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Dirk and Quint's Hero Quest, okay. uh, which is I think I said the title right. Which is uh, those two on their own adventure. Okay. They kind of, I mean, you get the opinion or at least the thought that they were, he was sort of bullying Quint. Yes. Specifically, because <laughs> he was the smart kid in, in school. Uh, so then they have to come around and become, they do become friends. Yeah. And they become, you know, family. To the uh, he becomes protective of them, I give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh,. And uh, I would also, I would highly recommend the show. Okay. But I would also uh, highly recommend the book series. Okay. If you are going to read the books, it's best to read everything, including Drilling Tales from the Treehouse, uh, in release order because it was written, the way it's written, uh, it's best consumed that way. Okay. So it's a continual story arc. Yeah. From book to book to book. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say? No, I, I, again, this is probably not a series that I would have ever watched on my own. Right. Uh, but it does, it is, again, I think that the storytelling is very well done. Uh, and I do like the fact that it does make you want okay what's gonna happen next yeah. what's gonna happen next and i'm glad we were able to sort of 
watch it fairly you know we we watched it every night until we were done pretty yeah. much um but i like that aspect of it it gave you a little time to think about it and stuff i'm not really into sitting down and watching everything at one time because yeah. who has the time for that if you're trying to do anything um but i do i i did enjoy it and i'm, I'm glad we watched it yeah and I, and I i wish there was more to it yeah but i'm not sure i'd go with a live action version. yeah i I'm not sure. I, I I don't see how that would work as well. Yeah. So stick with uh, the uh, animation. All right. So uh, so until next time, I'm David Hankins. I'm Paul Hankins. And you've been on the air with Power Squared. <laughs>